0: Welcome back to another episode of our movie business podcast series, where we look to make sense of the current trends in the film and television industry. My name is Elon Heimoff, and I'm the I'm a partner and the department head of the Profit Participation Group at GHJ. In this podcast, also named as Jason's Crystal Ball, for many years now, I'm joined by Jason Squire himself, professor emeritus at the USC School of Cinematic Arts, as well as the editor of the movie business book in its fourth edition to discuss our prediction for 2022, none of which comes with a guarantee.
1: Jason, welcome. Thanks so much, Ilan. It's great to be back with you.
0: Same here. And here we are again, another another year behind us. And as we look to 2022, Jason, why don't you kick the conversation off?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, To do this properly, Ilan, we have to remove the velvet cover of the crystal ball, dust it off a little and see what we have here. Let me take another look. Oh, look at that. Oh gosh, I was, oh, maybe, okay. So in general, 2022 will continue this era of disruption and transition in entertainment. With only 60 to 70% of theater audiences returning And streaming still strong but the growth leveling off, it'll be another challenging year. So let's divide it into categories, Uh, management, production, distribution, exhibition, and streaming. Uh, Management, we look forward to three major changes kicking in, changes in ownership, subject to government approval, Amazon buying MGM, and remember, not the golden studio age library of MGM, which resides at Warner's through the Turner deal, but only the post 1986 MGM library, plus other libraries, including the valuable United Artists Library. The Warner Brothers Discovery merger will be finalized by the middle of next year, moving at and out of the movie business for good reason, in my opinion. And CAA bought ICM partners further consolidating the talent agency business.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, all of these mergers you're referring to are subject to regulatory approvals, I think uh, likely will be approved as you say in the coming year. But I think that we need to keep an eye out for more consolidations and changes by competitors of all those entities that you mentioned because they may react uh, to these uh, changes by making their own moves, perhaps additional potential consolidations, maybe not at the biggest uh, company and studio level, but perhaps smaller studios uh, that we may see more activity. Yeah, that's right.
1: So who's your leading candidate to be acquired next year?
0: I, I think that as opposed to my prediction, I think that if you if you watch the chatter, there is conversations around Lionsgate and perhaps even AMC Networks.
1: Yes. So there are a couple of other uh, management issues to deal with. The redesign of the release schedule, the backlog of inventory that occurred during the COVID almost two years now should end by middle of 2022 with uh, the theatrical window settling at about 45 days of exclusive theatrical before any streaming owning studio allows the movie to go to streaming. Uh, management will continue to redesign the supply chain, uh, for example, where it's safest to shoot using COVID protocols. And in general, another headline is there are more sound stages under construction around the world. It's really a construction boom uh, in order to feed the insatiable appetite of streamers. Um, Also, now that the Scarlett Johansson settlement has been set, um, this will Um, lead to a slew of similar suits, it seems to me, from major talent uh, through uh, the next few years. Now, if we assume no more major upheavals from any new variant, and that's always the the big question mark in this trying time, global box office should return to 2019 levels, pre-COVID levels in 2023. That's the hopeful prediction. And something that, Ilan, you know about more than all other players in the business, except for those who are really making the deals, that dealmakers will continue to invent new strategies for the back end of talent agreements to make up for the loss of back end uh, when movies are, um, when that theatrical window is reduced. You hold the keys to, uh, to these new deals.
0: Yeah, I I would say I would be more of an observer as changes occur to to the various deals. But I think you're right. I think that as change occurs in the industry, the deals themselves are are going to change. And How how revenue is shared, how costs are shared between partners, between uh, the producer versus the talent, uh, between studios and streaming services, between streaming services and production companies, a lot of those deals are going to likely change over time. Uh, uh, but as, as you and I have talked about before, our role continues to be uh, the, uh, the forensic accountants to make sure that those transactions are done in accordance with the agreements. So our role continues to be the same. It's just maybe looking at different transactions.
1: While being privy to these new uh, definitions, that's uh, really an extremely vital area of the industry yeah. that you... Right that you've been involved in for quite some time. We can turn to production and just mention that uh, COVID protocols will continue as productions protect all personnel. These protocols add some 15 to 20% uh, to the budget. And on the set, um, protocols for firearms and other dangers will be much more strict in the aftermath of the uh, unintentional killing uh, on the set of Alec Baldwin's Western Rust uh, and all the fallout from
0: that. Yeah, if I, if I were to add a, a little more, I think that what we're seeing, and, and I think that's going to even become more, more and more evident in 2022, uh, the talent has simply more leverage. Uh, there's just not enough talent to, uh, you know, to, to be on set uh, at multiple different productions around the world. There's a need for talent. But at the same time, the talent has more leverage uh, with respect, and I think you've said it, with with respect to both health and safety, which is going to be very critical, and benefits. Uh, And so the talent is shifting to having more power in the coming year.
1: What about the question of insurance, COVID insurance? That's been sort of hovering ever since the pandemic began. Uh, What is your sense of uh, what to expect in that area? This is a difficult one. I
0: think that uh, from what we're hearing, right, Jason, that there's a there's a continued uh, struggle to find sufficient insurance, uh, and so the largest studios will continue to self-insure, and mm-hmm. the smaller production companies are going to have, as you said already, uh, with uh, increased costs mm-hmm. of these higher, um, <laughs> expensive policies, uh, alongside all of these. Procedures. I, I've heard uh, from a producer that they actually have to have on set two employees two, excuse me, two staff that all they do is make sure that the COVID health and safety pr- procedures are followed. I mean, it, it is expensive.
1: Mm. Yeah, the idea of fewer people gathering, the use of pods, uh, separating people that otherwise would simply be in, uh, behind the camera will be uh, bunched together and, of course, streamlining post-production as well. Um, that's a uh, it's a continuing issue that uh, the crystal ball has really, uh, it's still a lot of vague. Um, it's still not, uh, you know, it's much better than in the first COVID year. Now we're numbering COVID years, you know, 2020. But your sense is it still hasn't kicked in with a reliable, um, reliable, insurance product? Not yet. No. Yeah. It's still it's still an evolving area. Yeah.
0: Well, now unions are
1: another issue during production and post for that matter. The IA uh, has recently settled the new agreement last about three years with management, the AMPTP, and they'll ease into this agreement uh, slowly, but it seems the big story, as as we discussed, is that the strength of the Writers Guild of America (WGA) in their victory last uh, this this year against management, uh, especially um, those agencies that own production companies, and since the WGA won that concession by the production-owning agencies, as a result, those talent agency-owned production companies will reduce ownership to some 20%. And WME has already done that with Endeavor Content. And that should continue. This, of course, led to the successful signing of the WGA franchise agreement. Uh, Should we turn to distribution? Yes. Okay, let's turn to distribution. It's very sad story as is exhibition with millions of dollars lost when theaters closed for much of 2021 opened back uh to a certain percentage uh in uh towards the end of the year but still not full capacity and again i think it'll take another year or or more for and this is the optimist in me this presumes no more serious COVID issues and and variants uh, to be reestablished the box office levels that uh, the pre-COVID levels in uh, 2023. Uh, Now distribution also has shifted away from their release experiments in 2021, notably Warner Brothers releasing day and date all their product. Uh, distributors will be deciding on a picture by picture basis among three release patterns theatrical only, streaming only, and day and date theatrical and streaming, uh, which will become more rare and rare uh, it seems. And the theatrical window will shorten to 45 days on average before a title going to streaming for those streaming owned uh, distribution companies.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, to me, if I were just to go a little deeper into the uh, the, the the exhibition, the theatrical side, I think that um, the it's it's going to be uh, it's going to take us. I think you've already said that earlier in, in our podcast. It's going to take us some time before we get back to the pre-COVID levels, but I see that we're likely get to ninety percent of the pre-pandemic box office in twenty twenty in twenty two. And, however, the mixture of the titles again uh, that are being exhibited in the theaters are likely going to be the tenfold titles more of, uh, and less of the independent films. So we're going to see a you know a shift that's going to be toward the the large titles that are uh, with wide release around the world, and less and less of the independent films, which will probably go with the other path that you've already mentioned, such as uh,
1: streaming. He- Yes. And of course, just to mention in distribution, the whole question of China continues to be a big issue uh, with the government in China choosing which of the 34 overseas movies will be released and when they will be released, keeping their long holiday periods for local language movies only, and uh, still will not allow recent Marvel movies to be released in China. So, we can turn to exhibition, which is um, really a, uh, a very serious uh, part of our discussion because exhibition, it seems, will continue to suffer the most as it has by losing so many millions of dollars with theater closing for much of 2021. Uh, and of course, uh, f- um, much of, 2020 as well. As mentioned, they started reopening in the middle of this year, 2021, and are now approaching um, uh, full capacity, but there are many older viewers and moviegoers. who used to be a very reliable part of the the general pool um, who are resisting going to theaters. They're still not going out to theaters. We'll see what happens with the holiday movies. So sadly, many small theaters have not survived the pandemic. And after the streaming habit took hold, uh, customers are uh, of any age, are not in a rush back to theaters, except as you have said, to make sure they see the tentpole movies and those with Oscar buzz, Uh, many art house movies that had been scheduled for theaters during this period will continue to pivot to
0: streaming. Jason, to add to that, I think the, the one other thing that we have to get used to is uh, to, do. we need to realize that it's going to be in the theaters a fairly short time. And if you wanna go see the movie, uh-huh. you better get tickets because within a couple of weeks or two to three weeks, in some cases, maybe as long as a month or a month yeah. and a half, uh, the, the, the movie will simply move on to the next uh, theatrical window, uh, you know, which, which likely will be in streaming. Uh, so the, the, this shorter and shorter window makes it really challenging, both for the studios and the theaters, as well as the consumers, uh, to plan for, to market, and obviously to ensure that they, they make a
1: profit. Yes. And, uh, as we both bear in mind that the decision for a distributor to shift a, uh, a picture that had been developed as a theatrical release, if that picture is slotted for streaming only, the distributor saves millions of dollars in advertising costs. So that's another function that is sort of out there in the, in management thinking. So let's talk about streaming—the big elephant in the room. The streaming will continue to grow, according to the crystal ball. But more slowly than earlier in the pandemic. uh, Streamers and customers will continue to benefit from the at-home viewing habits that grew out of the pandemic. This is uh, really historic and uh, really was an upheaval of the movie business, which I think ultimately will be good both for customers and for talent. Remembering that streamers are always vulnerable to churn, the idea that subscribers can close an account at any time, which is why uh, Netflix especially tends to open a new movie and or series every single week. Netflix itself will be spending almost $20 billion in original content in 2022 with rivals not far behind. Yeah, yeah. So I, I
0: would say that I, I, just to, to add to what you were referring to, which uh, which you know, subscription VOD is an area that is getting more and more crowded. So there's more and more competition. So no matter how much money Netflix throws toward production, uh, there is yeah, there's competition uh, and our competition is only going to get worse. So I think that we may be reaching a point of plateau you know, when, it, when it comes to a number of subscribers that um, for a little while, I guess the international uh, market perhaps also uh, becomes less and less uh, an area of growth, similar to where we are now in, in the United States. Where I see growth, and, and I'm going to be watching this carefully, is the advertised, advertising supported VOD. So the AVOD, mm-hmm. or also known as the FVOD. So it's a free VOD where you're subject to some advertising throughout you know, throughout the, the, when you watch something, every so often you may be watching um, a short skit of commercials. So that area is is ripe for growth. I think there's going to be some growth there and I'm watching that carefully as the subscription view of the market perhaps is becoming very crowded. And, and as you say, could be, you may be seeing uh, quite a bit of shift where uh, consumers may be looking at shifting between one subscription service to another based on what show they wanna watch for a period of time. So there's gonna be some change uh, between subscription services, but perhaps that whole market might be reaching
1: some level of reduced growth. Very good. So just another um, uh, detail about streaming, which I'm getting from the crystal ball, having to do with a decision for a distributor on a picture developed for theatrical with major talent involved, deciding to pivot to streaming, which would very well happen in the future, even without the pandemic. Because of the pandemic lessons on the talent agent and lawyer side, uh, can we assume that there are now embedded in talent agreements, uh, new clauses that say, gee, if you guys you know, were intending this to be theatrical, I guess this is in response to the Scarlett Johansson However, if you shift to streaming, talent will get this big extra bucket of money. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah, I think that there's going to be adjustments to to agreements to to provide for studios more flexibility of of where they distribute the product and 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 how the talent is compensated. However, making changes like like you were suggesting could take more than a year. I think this is a This is likely going to happen, but I think it might take some more time for it to occur.
1: In the studio ecosystem, this is likely to happen when the money sees the rough cut because only then do they have a sense that the promise of expected theatrical growth on a given movie would be realized based on their instincts. And if that's not the case, then I imagine there'd be this flurry of meetings and uh, persuasive acts in order to shift to streaming and also save those marketing costs. So a couple of other beats on streaming, uh, that that streamers do not share their data, leaving talent and their representatives and also viewers in the dark. Unlike uh, the reported theatrical gross and Nielsen television ratings, So it's hard to value a hit or a miss. Uh, This of course is deliberate on the part of streamers, uh, this lack of transparency, but it seems that the crystal ball is indicating that with more success, the industry players will demand uh, a basic form of charting success. For example, uh, last month in November, Netflix announced a weekly chart of hours watched per movie. So that's a start if the other streamers follow. Uh, They also released a chart of the 10 most watched films, one chart for English language and one for non-English language, which seems to be a really uh, important step forward in this arena of trying to determine value and comparisons. And finally, a beat about uh, Netflix that for years they would buy everything, especially completed independent films. Today, they seem to be almost exclusively showing homegrown original content, something new every weekend, including movies, and especially episodic series. And uh, a final note about streaming, and this is, I think, embedded in the shift for some major demographic groups to stay home from theaters which is very sad but to add to the revenue of streamers the simple idea that you can't fast forward in a movie theater yeah, yeah just to go back to something you
0: said i um i may not have the same opinion i, I with respect to the transparency of uh viewership i think on the streaming platforms it may take more time to get um, to get that transparency i i hope and, and, and this is important because it does provide for the talent and the talent representatives to, and production companies, for that matter, to uh, have more visibility to how successful their program was, whether it's a film or a television uh, program. I think, it, I think we're on the right track, Jason, but I don't know. If, uh, I think it might take more than 2022 to, to get there. It's, yeah, but you're, you're right. It is on the right track.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Now, I have one uh, uh, parting shot, kind of, uh, in general uh, prediction, if I may. Oh, there it is. It's, a, it's, coming to, it's coming to clear focus in the crystal ball. And that has to do with the move to more self-driving cars. And the idea that the push to self-driving cars, which will grow and grow and grow, uh, around the world. In self-driving cars, windows can act as screens. So that's a totally new way of distributing content.
0: I, I, Jason, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you previously, but I uh, was, uh, I had the pleasure of, of actually being in, in, in one of those cars, at least a demo of one where you're sitting in the back seat, uh, and uh, there is a an avatar that's uh, providing you with information about traffic, uh, uh, perhaps checking your emails, perhaps getting on a phone call, giving you the calendar of the day, and then maybe listening to some music, and then maybe watching some, you know, catching up on your film uh, of choice, or perhaps uh, catching up on the episode you missed last week while you're driving, wherever you're headed. Uh, the car will take care of that. You're
1: going to be enjoying that ride. It wow. was it was fun. It was fun to experience. Wow! What a great experience. Well, this is it. I mean, that's uh, it, it, so glad you had that experience because this uh, makes you a futurist, as you've <laughs> been right. for many years.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I I think that we we uh, have shared with the audience quite a bit of predictions, and uh, we'll see if they come true. Again, no guarantees. We don't know exactly what will happen. Uh, there may be perhaps a surprise that we haven't anticipated or expected. But at least uh, we wanted to share with uh, everyone at least our our thoughts and and our predictions. And it's been it's been a joy to do that with you, Jason. Thank you. Me too, Elias, This is always fun. Well, thank you.